Hi everyone, welcome back to In Your Own Words. I'm your host, Grace Winters, and today we're going to be talking about five more events and people who I believe should be remembered and talked about a lot more, quite frankly, than they are today within history classes or just everyday life. So the first person that I want to talk about is actually Booker T. Washington. Now, I'm sure many of you have heard this name before, maybe you've seen schools named after him, maybe songs, etc., but he was much more than just his name, obviously. Now, he was born in 1856 and died in 1915. He was an educator, an author. He was an advisor to presidents of the United States during his lifetime. He established the Tuskegee Institute within Alabama, which is a a historically black college. He did all of these amazing things, and he also had his own philosophies about how black Americans could pull themselves out of oppression. So rather than attacking the actual oppressors themselves, also known as like white people, he rather tried to educate them on how to do that themselves. And kind of, I guess a proper phrase would sort of be like picking yourself up by the bootstraps. And he almost formed like self-help seminars and different articles and stuff that he wrote that he hoped would inspire black people to not wait for their rights to roll into them, but rather that they would fight for them, their rights themselves by working hard. Now, this was obviously a bit of an outdated ideology in many black communities today would disagree with him, and many black people at the time also disagreed with him. He didn't directly challenge the Jim Crow laws and the segregation, but rather he established his own black businesses and is responsible for really helping a lot of black people get jobs and gain employment and pull themselves out of poverty. So he was an extremely important figure, but then we have W.B. Du Bois, who was born um, a little bit later than Booker T. He was actually born in 1868. And so he did a lot of similar things that Booker T. did, but the reason that he is different is because he definitely did not get along with Booker T. and his social philosophies. W.E.B. Du Bois was much more fiery and sort of about directly challenging the oppressors and the system that ensured that most black people would be in a cycle of poverty and oppression. He believed that Booker T. was sort of submitting to the white domination of the United States and naturally accusing him of that publicly caused a lot of people, caused a lot of um, upset within black communities who who viewed both of these people as extremely important African-American figures and inspirations to black communities all over the country and even the world. So for W.B. Du Bois to come out publicly and say, I do not agree with what he says, caused a pretty big rift among what people at that time believed was the best way to solve the issue of African-Americans having so little rights within the late 19th, early 20th centuries. And obviously we still see that discrimination today. So unfortunately not much has changed, but they are two extremely monumental characters who showed and disproved all of these racist theories that black people could somehow not rise to the same stature as fully educated white people. Rather, people like W.B. Du Bois and Booker T. Washington proved to white people and their own communities that it is possible to be just as smart, if not smarter, as white people, unlike a lot of the really racist, quote, sciences or pseudosciences that were out during this time. Now, the next event that I want to talk about is, or actually, it's not an event, it's a film. The next film that I want to talk about is The Birth of a Nation. 
Now, the reason I want to talk about this is because many of you might have heard of this. It's a pretty famous movie made in 1915, and it was actually voted like the best movie of the year, the best movie of all time during its time. But it's extremely racist and very problematic. So looking at it with a modern eye, you wouldn't really recognize it for its cinematography or the skill that the producers put into the film. Rather, you would probably recognize it for its unbelievable stereotypes against black men and women and black children. We see white men who are dressed as black people in blackface and rags for clothes running around trying to essentially rape or harm white women. The reason that I want to talk about this film is because some people treated it as if it was an Oscar award-winning film and as if it really just broke barriers for the film industry. And maybe it did, but what I believe and many other people believe it did is that it harmed African American communities even more because it ingrained this idea that black people were somehow predatory towards white women. And thus, that created a way for more lynchings against black people to occur, for just overall the oppression to only strengthen as people were angry watching this fictional film. And I think that it is probably one of the most harmful films ever. And I wasn't able to watch it all. It's an extremely long movie, but it is online for free if any of you are curious to watch it. And some of the clips are pretty disturbing. So viewer discretion is advised for this film. Now, the next thing that I want to talk about is actually the Chinese Exclusion Act. So I want to start this segment off with a quote from Governor McDougall of California. He was a governor in the 1800s. He said about Chinese people, quote, they are one of the most worthy classes of our newly adopted citizens. So that's kind of a sweet sentiment. Still imposes the superiority complex among the um, global majority people within the United States. But he said that strongly and said that he admired those people. However, it's problematic because later on in the late 1800s, we had the Chinese Exclusion Act, which essentially continued to oppress and ban Chinese people from coming into the United States for things that were solely based on prejudice. I think this shows change over time or lack thereof, because considering the Asian hate crimes that we see today, there's still a lot of issues and there's still so much that needs to be addressed. And even during this time, we attempted to create an ethnic cleansing of an entire people who did absolutely nothing wrong and were only trying to fulfill what they believed was one of the most opportunistic countries, but only ended up stabbing them in the back after they had done so much to build our economy and continue to create a wonderful country, which ended up overall betraying them. Now, the last thing that I want to talk about is the Stonewall Riots of 1969. I'm sure that we all are aware of what this was. It was the riots um, specifically at the Stonewall Inn, which was sort of an underground community for a lot of LGBTQ plus people who otherwise were not able to actually come out because of all of the prejudices and the laws against them and their identity. And this was an extremely important thing because it helped a lot of people put the word out about how they were feeling and how unbelievably discriminated against they had been. I mean, we have people like Marsha P. Johnson, who was a trans woman, and she identified as queer, and she truly was one of the trailblazers of these riots, and they were angry, and rightfully so, and there was a lot of anger towards the police, and now those riots are commemorated in peaceful pride parades, which I think truly shows 
the change over time, but also the causality of creating a ruckus and creating something that maybe was borderline violent, but in some ways it was necessary to actually raise awareness about the discrimination going on. Thank you all for tuning in. Um, Next week we will be talking about five more topics and I hope that you enjoyed this podcast.